0: Welcome to Morning Commute. I'm Brad Doles.
1: And I am Sam Albert. You know, Brad and I have been friends
0: for many years. Uh, That's true, probably know five or more and we've built this friendship on making conversations that we talk about basically anything we can think about
1: it's like no topic is off the table and so we wanted to open that up and share that kind of talk with other people
0: yeah so we devised this podcast it's a 20 to 30 minute podcast in which we just kind of freeform talk about the things that we talk about all the time we
1: hope you enjoy it welcome to the morning commute Hi, Sam. Hello, Mr. Bradley.
0: So, we have a list of potential things to talk about. And one of the things that was added to it was 90 Day Fiance, a thing <gasps> that internally it feels like I would absolutely hate, but, um, but you added it to the list to talk about. So, I want to hear what you have to say about it.
1: Okay. Yes. Internally and externally, this would make you throw up in the back of your mouth. But I am hooked on this horrible show called 90 day fiance colon before the 90 days. And basically the premise of the show is people really, they, they're focusing on Americans who fall in love with people who live in other countries online. Mm -hmm. And then there's some kind of visa you can get that will allow you to bring someone back to the United States for 90 days in order for you to get married, but you have to get married within those 90 days. Mm -hmm. And the show that I am hooked on follows people where they go to meet each other for the first time after they've been communicating online, sometimes for years, but definitely for a matter of many, many months. It followed, for example, a woman in Philadelphia who's in her 50s who fell in love with a man in Nigeria who's a rapper in Nigeria. And he's 30 and he says that he's in love with her. But really, I think he just wants to come to the United States.
0: Cynical. <laughs> As if Nigeria is some sort of hub for gams. How dare you?
1: All right, so let's move away from Nigeria. Then there's another place where there's a gentleman who's in his 50s who fell in love with a woman in the Philippines who is 23 and lives in a a very poor area of the Philippines where basically there isn't a bathroom. She has a hose. That's what they use to shower with, a bucket and a hose. And there is no front door on her home. And she said that this is her soulmate. I suspect perhaps she would like to just come to America. (laughs) And here's why I find this so fascinating. It raises a bigger question, and it's an extreme version, but the ways in which we delude ourselves when it comes to romance and love. Because there's this one particular man who's been talking to a woman for seven years. She lives in Ukraine. He lives in America. He's gone out to try and visit her three or four times. She never shows up. She always has a reason. Oh, my my appendix burst. Oh, my brother died. Oh, my this or that. And yet he's convinced that she's a real person. He's convinced that they're going to get married. And it's disturbing to me a human being's capacity to lie to themselves. Mm -hmm. And this show, just in a train wreck kind of way, exemplifies that. And I'm curious to get your opinion on that kind of self-delusion and where you think in your life you may have been deluded and so forth.
0: Well, how exploitative is this show?
1: Oh, it's extremely exploitative. Yeah, it I mean, horrible. it's awful. No, I I am ashamed to be admit. Well, I lost shame a long time ago. I'm not ashamed of much anymore. But I mean, from an intellectual standpoint, I can't believe I'm supporting this. But it's actually a super popular show. A lot of people watch it. Not that that makes it any less shameful, but there's something in us as as a society that enjoys seeing this. And I'm wondering what that's about too. Yeah. I'm wondering what you think about the notion of how deeply we delude ourselves when it comes to love. How could you possibly, as a 50-year-old man, think that a 23-year-old in the Philippines, and again, you know me, I don't love some constructs of beauty, but if we're going by standards of beauty, she is stunning. He is a gargoyle. And I mean that with no disrespect. I'm just saying it would be highly unlikely under any other circumstance that such a beautiful young woman would seek a man of his age, of his income, of his, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Of all the examples you gave, that one was one that I thought might have the most ability to turn into something mm-hmm. and that's just because i don't think that she's in love with him but she really likes the idea of of a parachute you know yeah. of getting out of the situation that she is in and to the degree that she can just pretend to be a wife to this guy i think you know, that one might actually turn into something that was, that works.
1: You want to hear something weird? Can I give you a spoiler alert? She broke up with him because she wanted to have more children and he didn't. Interesting. When he went to visit her in the Philippines, apparently during all that time they've been speaking to each other online, he never came out to tell her, I don't I don't plan any more children. And so when he did, she said, Why didn't you tell me this months and months and months ago? I wouldn't have pursued this if I thought that you didn't want children.
0: Yeah. So that sounds like assuming that you can even trust her, that sounds like legit, right?
1: Yeah, I, I do think perhaps you were correct. Look at you, having not seen even one episode, that seemed like the one that At least, I don't think it was rooted in love, but I think she knew what kind of life she wanted and was going to go after it.
0: Yeah, to the degree that the word love even means anything.
1: Which is a whole other thing to talk about. What is love?
0: Yeah. Um, Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Uh, I don't know. I find the desire to watch this freak show nuts. It is a thing that you like to do that I've never really understood. Like not just 90 Day Fiance, but you like watching train wrecks. I love it. You don't like television of just watching a train going in and out of a station. You need that <laughs> to barrel into another train.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Can I tell you something that is not... Attractive. Yeah. I think one of the reasons, honestly, if I'm doing a fearless moral inventory here is because watching other people's lives explode makes me feel better about my
0: own. I think a lot of people do. I think that's the reason it's on television. You said it's very popular. So I'm obviously in the minority.
1: It scares me though sometimes because I can think back in my own life where I was legitimately convinced that a man loved me when every single sign was no. And our ability to lie to ourselves is frightening to me.
0: Yeah. I also think that's a slippery slope because this is the way I see it, And this is the way I see it with me. Okay. You can get into a situation where you think that there's going to be something there and there isn't. And the other person doesn't have that feeling for you. And then you were so invested that you feel like you were just made a fool, right? So Mm -hmm. you change the way you think about things and say, all right, well, now I'm not going to do this anymore unless I absolutely know. Well, you know how often you absolutely know? Never. You never absolutely know. So you can throw up a wall that is so damaging to yourself and and even knowing that doesn't help because you never know well how much should i protect myself and how much should i just be going all in in my experience with a lot of people the people that i would look at and go like man you just you you can't see what's happening here well for the most part those people are also happier because the heartache seems to not last as long too right so they go into this thing and They're all in and it turns out this guy was a monster and they cry it out for three months and the next month they're totally head over heels in love with this next guy and ready to marry him. And it seems like a roller coaster of emotions, but at the same time, at least they got the high points of the roller coaster where I'm just like rolling along next to the river. (laughs) It
1: speaks to also, you know, we've talked about this when people say, well, he completely changed or she wasn't at all like this when I first started dating her. And you and I are both on the side of the fence that's like, no, he he was, she was, you just didn't see
0: it. I think the likelihood that anybody ever changes is rare, Mm extremely rare. I think most of the time you were just blind to the things that were bad. And I can see that in my own life. And I think we can see that in your life and it
1: terrifies me and i think that's one of the things cycling back to 90 day fiance that i get this sick feeling whenever i watch it because i think to myself in what ways am i lying to myself not just about love but what areas of my life am i refusing to look at and to investigate and in what ways do i have myself fooled yeah and to what extent can we ever really know ourselves <sighs> i need
0: a wine yeah and i also think that those feelings Aren't unique to us, right? The other person doesn't really know when it's real either, assuming that they're trying. And to me, that makes that's why I said to the extent that love is even ever real. I think it's basically just love is less of a feeling and more of a decision. Mm-hmm. The feeling of love and infatuation is great, but it doesn't last unless you choose to make it last.
1: If I may dip for a moment into my ex boyfriend he had said to me, when I professed my love to him, he had said, I can't say I love you back because I don't know what love means. I don't know what love is. It's just a word. And he said, if I really investigated, it's a bunch of chemicals. And I can't necessarily dispute that. And then that makes me depressed too, because to what extent is anything that we're feeling anything more than just some kind of weird biological response to get us to procreate?
0: Yeah. Well, A, that part of it is true. But B- That's why the idea that it's a decision is not only more accurate, but more romantic because that Uh, chemical response, that is just to the extent that anything that we ever do is a chemical response because we're basically just a walking sack of chemicals. But mm -hmm. at least that isn't just a thing that happens inside of you. There is a conscious choice. I am going to work on this thing. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. feeling is just a chemical response, which doesn't take away from it. That's great. But the decision is an important thing.
1: And okay, one other question. To what extent is love just an attempt to fill up our own holes, emotional holes and physical holes? I mean, if we're getting down to it,
0: but... I mean, what do you want it to be?
1: What I want it to be is something more noble.
0: You even know what that more noble looks like?
1: No, of course not. I just know what I want it to be. (laughs) I just know what I think I don't want it to be.
0: Yeah, I think I want it to be more important than what I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that you decide to enter into a partnership with someone is great. And it comes with the idea that we're going to kind of tackle life together and they will fill in the parts that I'm not good at and I'll fill in the parts that they're not good at and we'll do this thing together because it's a lot less boring that way. That is filling in just all of the holes, but who cares? That's fine.
1: I work in a medical clinic, as we know, because I've complained about it numerous times. And I was checking a woman in the other day and one of the questions we have to ask as part of a Medicare questionnaire is, are you married or are you single, divorced, widowed, you know? And the woman said, yeah, I'm newly married. And she was probably in her early to mid seventies. She said, yeah, I just got married three years ago. And I said, Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting. She said, I I was married for a bunch of years. My husband died. I got married again. So That's great that you found love again. And you know what she said? Well, you know, it's really hard to survive on one person's social security.
0: (laughs) It was very practical.
1: Extremely practical decision, obviously. And as a woman who's hurtling toward 50 and who's single, I get it. And I I understand it. And I could, on one level, really see myself making a decision like that. Well, we like each other. We don't hate each other. We can help each other financially. And we don't have to die alone, which I guess is the contract you're making when you're in your 20s and you meet someone. There's just a lot of butterflies.
0: A little less eminent.
1: Yeah. So do you think it's the same thing? It's just, it gets distilled down to its essential essence as we age?
0: I think when you're younger, you get to believe that it's all about that feeling. Mm -hmm. And then the more you're in a marriage, the more reality is just thrust at you and you get to say, oh, but I also get to experience the thing of having this partner to go through with it. And either that's going to be a good thing or it's going to be a bad thing, right, right? I think as you get older, that practical part gets a lot more enticing. Mm-hmm. and the love part well, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I think for me, the love part's still important, and I wouldn't want it not to be there. The feeling mm-hmm. of love, but I guess when you're younger, it's all about love. And when you're older, there's a lot more considerations. I mean, I think you'll see with older people, a lot of people will be, yeah, I like him, but does he have a steady job? You know, mm-hmm. because you are very aware of is this going to be a burden or is this going to be a team?
1: You know, it's so funny. Obviously, I haven't seen my therapist in a while because of the virus, but when I would talk to him about gentlemen, when we would discuss sort of some of my um, relationship issues, and I would say, well, I I just started dating someone. And some of the first questions my shrink would ask would be, does he have a job? Does he have a car? Does he have a house? Before he asked anything about his mental well-being, he just wanted to know, does he have those three things? Okay, let's continue.
0: Do I count as having a house?
1: Of course, you have a place to live.
0: That's what I mean. It's different than having a house.
1: Oh, I think he just meant, does he have a stable housing? Sorry, I don't think he's, means mean, you need to own property, but I think he just wanted to know, is he employed? Does he have a place to live? Does he have a car? He's not going to be crashing on your couch, eating your Captain Crunch.
0: Yeah, back when I used to be on the dating apps, one of the questions on there is, do you own a car? I guess I always just kind of thought that was a gimme. I didn't think that somebody not owning a car was a thing.
1: Well, and you know, what's so funny on whatever dating app I was on. I don't know if it's the same as yours. So there's yes, no. And then there's the option of, I would prefer not to answer, which is like, come on. If you would prefer not to answer whether or not you have a car, you're biking everywhere and that's fine, but just say it, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. No. Or hold on, hold on. Let me explain.
1: (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Too long to write. Yeah, well, yet again, we came up with no answers, but I appreciate that you let me introduce the question, which I guess essentially is, what is love?
0: What do you think you got out of it? Do you
1: agree? Yeah, I really like what you say. And I do think it took me forever. It took me until I was in my 20s. Oh, excuse me. It took me until I was in my 30s before I understood. And it took meeting a particular man. And after our very first date, he ended up being my fiance. But after our first date, I was like, I understand why people want to walk through life with each other. Up until that moment, I didn't get it. And I thought, why do we need each other? What's it? Who cares? But then when I met him, and it wasn't love at first sight, it was an understanding that I do think there's something noble, not about love necessarily, but like what you said so eloquently, choosing to partner with someone, to stay committed to someone, and to walk through life with someone. I do think there's something very noble about that gesture and that commitment. What about you?
0: I agree, but I also think, you know, I was married once a long time ago, and I have limited dating experience since then. I think, it's hard for me because i see a world where people who are married listening to this are like you guys clearly have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> neither one of us are in a long-term marriage so it's like right. musings about what do what is what do people real regular people feel like
1: you know, I do have a friend who's been married for 20 some years and she said, you know what they never tell you when you first get married, that love that you feel at the beginning of your marriage goes away. Mm. And she said, there have been times where I've felt more like a roommate. She said, there have been times where I've turned to my husband and he's felt more like a brother than a spouse. And she said, now we've kind of settled into a new kind of love and I do love him. And she has no plans of ever, I think at least now leaving, they've built a family together. But I thought that was so interesting that she said, the one thing they never tell you is that feeling at the beginning, it it goes away and it can be replaced with something extremely platonic for months and years at a time.
0: Yeah. Maybe the people that have done the most harm to love and dating and relationships to our society than any other group of people is Disney. Oh, yes. Because they put this thing out that like, I mean, maybe every Disney princess or whatever character that that is going to fall in love at the by the end of the movie maybe they all know in the first 15 seconds and the end that happily ever after this is not going to change
1: yeah and i love that it ends right at the part where you never have to see them bickering over someone leaving the toilet seat up or finishing the toothpaste without replacing it or dealing with money troubles or exhaustion or sickness or children
0: honey have you seen the wand i know i left it right here
1: Damn it, Ariel! for a mermaid, you should towel off before you walk in the house. The wetness is staining the hardwood floors.
0: Towel off before you flop across the floor. <laughs> All right, well, that's probably our episode. If you have any, any insight into what Sam and I are talking about, feel free to leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash morning commute sam or look up morning commute sam brad on the anchor app
1: we also encourage you to leave us an email at morning commute at gmail.com
0: thank you very much sam and thanks everyone for listening
1: thanks for indulging me brad Bye-bye. bye bye bye